This is The Scoop on Life. We appreciate you joining us this week. Glad you are along with us with Lauren. I'm Chase, and we have got an exciting show for you today. We've got a local couple in studio with us, uh, Jordan and Mary Haynes, who uh, recently became uh, foster parents. So we are going to dive in the subject of foster care today. Jordan and Mary, thanks for uh, taking time with us here on The Scoop on Life. Thank you for having us. And Jordan is actually my brother, for those of you who don't know. Um, so it's cool to be able to be in here in studio with him today. Um, so we're just going to jump right in and get started with some of these questions that we wanted to ask you guys. Um, for y'all as a couple, um, y'all have been married a few years, um, and then in the fall, y'all decided to start pursuing foster care. And so what made y'all decide uh, to f- pursue foster care, and, and what did that process look like? Is it difficult? Just kind of talk about y'all's experience with foster care. That's a good question. Um what did what made us pursue it ultimately we saw the need through teaching cpr classes with the dhrs in the surrounding counties Uh, they are always talking about how short they are on foster parents Uh, one of them told me that they have required tried uh, recruiting in local churches and and they couldn't really get a foot in the door even to you know um, tell them about what the foster care process looks like and just over and over hearing the need for people to to foster locally um, adopt also but mainly just kids having to spend the night at DHR for the weekend or go out of state to try to find somebody just to look after them so mm-hmm. I saw that need and I brought it to Mary and asked her to pray about what she thought about uh, pray about it and, and see what she thought about taking the classes and and looking at the process of becoming foster parents and we didn't realize it was going to be such a huge process so we signed up to uh, after praying about it and deciding we were on the same page we signed up to take the classes and it was about 10 weeks um they then they do your home study ended up taking us uh, about eight months it's a long process some people had been telling us they were there been trying close to a year you had to wait till the class is scheduled and and so the process was pretty long we uh, another thing we we do think of james 127 the verse that says um pure and undefiled religion is this that you take care of widows and orphans you know basically take care of the fatherless and the people who can't take care of themselves and we we see widows ministries and we 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 love those and we we see that and we don't see as much attention given to orphans or just the fatherless in general and so that's kind of the need that pushed uh, us both to do that and we weren't even sure going through the whole class till we come came to a decision for sure once we got done that we wanted to to do that so so when you were teaching CPR classes and kind of saw the need there is that really what got you thinking about it because I mean you've obviously known about foster care your entire life but was it really doing those classes and seeing the need personally it was that and a and a guy with a guy named Ted Embry uh explained to me one time he said um anybody can help he said you can sign up and you can be a foster parent that just takes an emergency case they say um you know, to avoid a kid spending the night at DHR all weekend. You can just mm-hmm. give them a home for a weekend. Um, he said that, or there's an option for you to give foster parents a break. They need to go just have a few days by themselves. You can say, well, watch your kids for up to seven days. He said, or you can be a foster parent, just a, a full-time foster parent. He said, there's just anybody um, can do any one of those three things. And so that got me thinking it was more achievable. We didn't actually set out to be full-time year-round foster parents (laughs) yeah we totally signed up thinking we would just do the respite as they call it or emergency care just initially we had no idea we would 
become foster parents for however long it would be. So how long was it between when y'all finished taking classes until you got receiving calls about potential, you know, foster children that you could have? Uh, we finished classes pretty quick. Then there's a bunch more. It took several more months to actually get the approval. But we got an approval email on four, at 4.30 on a Thursday saying everything is actually done. You're actually approved as foster parents. And we got a call the next morning at 8 o'clock oh, wow. uh, to, to take a child. We had also been called prior. So this, we were certified by March, but then we had got uh, calls in January saying that they would do like a provisional certification for us because they just had kids that needed to be placed. And they did that a few times before we were actually certified. That's true. So they had plenty of need even before we were certified trying to line up something. And then after the pandemic uh, started when school um, closed, the cases just they called uh, multiple times a week, even after we had a placement, trying to get wow. us to take more. Wow. So you've had a, a foster child in your home, you know, for for six months or so now. Uh, what have been some of the biggest uh, physical and emotional challenges you've seen during this time? And, and what are some of the biggest joys that you've seen during the time of having a foster child? For starting off with a physical uh, adjustment, it was totally a um, new realm for Jordan and I. We did not have kids coming into this. So just adjusting to routines and having just a child totally dependent on us was new for us but the situations are different as far as foster children go um, the needs are different so some children may need more of like a counseling um, base type schedule where they're having to go to counselors often or um, you know just something that is not in your routine that you're used to. So that was a huge physical, um, emotional. I would say this is the part that I struggled with the most. I, it definitely revealed sin and idols that I was not aware I was dealing with and, or I even had. And so that was, um, definitely the Lord was growing me and, um, just, you know, doing a lot of heart, heart checking right there. But, um, and also Another side is just the emotional is that I don't know what's going to happen with our case. DHR's ultimate goal is reunification with family members. So for us, that means that our placement child could leave us at any point. And so that's really heartbreaking to think about, especially because you're going to grow attachment. So um, that's hard to deal with. But it's also been just a joy in having him there and just being able to pour into him and speak truth, gospel-centered truth, and speak to him about Christ. You know, I don't know that he's ever had that before. And so just speaking to him and then seeing him respond is just a beautiful thing that we are able to take part of. He's, you know, Jordan was feeling under the weather a few weeks ago and our child went and identified Jordan's need and in turn started to pray for him and pray that he would get better. And so that was just a beautiful thing that he's responding. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, So, you know, you're a foster family. There's, there's foster families all over um, uh, the County, the state, the country. Um, And an important question is, is how can, 
the church be a part of foster families' lives. So uh, what ways can the church better support and serve foster families and, and maybe give some examples of how the local church has supported you guys? Well, that's a good question, too. So what ways can the local church support foster families? I think the biggest one is, um, well, it's kind of twofold, but the first part is having a right view of foster families. So it's, it's the church seeing foster families in their church as uh, maybe local missionaries because that's what, that's what they kind of are. And so if we can see the, the need that uh, the foster families have and the need for fostering in general, even if you can't foster, um, maybe just being informed of, of what's going on and having a foster care ministry, the, the specifics might you know, be different, look different for every church. But if the local church sees foster ministry as a mission and they say we can have a foster care ministry to support foster parents whether they're in our own body or locally um, then the specifics will, will you know be different but they'll they'll work themselves out but I would I would give a few specifics so uh, the biggest one uh, I believe for us and, and probably for any Christian would be prayer um, you know our brothers and sisters praying for us and Another one is uh, affirmation and encouragement, Christian affirmation and encouragement, gospel-centered gospel affirmation and encouragement. Um, that's, that's huge, saying not just that's great thing y'all are doing, kudos, wonderful, but giving uh, Christian affirmation and encouragement. Um, and, and also realizing that anybody can help. Uh, you can, anybody can be a part of the foster care ministry. Sort of like with our missionaries, we, we see them as the goers and us as the senders. We say, we know our role. Pray for them, love them, encourage them, um, give money to their needs and cause, causes. And so um, usually maybe the money's not the biggest one uh, for foster families, but they still do have needs and they can, <clears throat> the local body can serve them by um, obviously the, the prayer, but if the kid may be behind in school, I can tutor them, I can give them a break um, I can babysit for them. I can clean their house. Um, there's just multiple ways if somebody starts thinking um, that they could serve a local foster parent. Well, and we talked with Dr. Sharon Ford from Focus on the Family last week, and you know she talked pretty explicitly that foster care and adoption isn't for everybody, but that everybody in the local church can serve those Absolutely. who are in the foster Absolutely. care and adoption realm. And so, you know, our encouragement to you as a listener would be maybe you're not called to be a foster care parent or to adopt but um, I think it is our responsibility as the local church to say who in our church or who do we know um, is fostering is going through the adoption process has adopted and then what can I do and then you know I would just say personally um, until y'all as my family um, were in foster care I definitely did not um, take any responsibility for those around me who were fostering you know I knew people who fostered and um, I don't know, like it was almost like I cared about it, but not enough to do something because I just didn't know, I feel like. And now seeing y'all hands-on in the church every week, um, being foster parents, it's just, it's been a realization in my own heart that we have to do something, really. Like you talked about in James, you know, God cares about orphans. God cares about the fatherless. And so because God cares about it, he commands us to care about it and to do something about it. And so even if foster care and adoption is not for everyone, everyone can do something um, to aid those who are in foster care or adoption. So I will say Redeemer church has been um, encouraging to us. They've um, people have prayed for us, offered to 
watch uh, the, watch our child for for a time to give us a break. Um, we've had we've had people give us toys, clothes. Uh, it's been super encouraging to see our local church supporting us and doing this. So, and again, just for our listeners, you know, I would encourage you all to think: Who do you know that is fostering? Who do you know? Um, that's walking down that path Um, and as Mary you mentioned it's emotional it's hard you don't know what the future holds Um, and be willing to come alongside the people you know who are walking that road and say we want to help you and Jordan as you said I'm going to pray for you but above that um, what can I physically do to help you you know and so I would encourage you know the people around you who are who are in foster care who are in the adoption process who have adopted um, and seek to reach out to them and love them and serve them in a way that that drives you to action um, to do something to serve them and serve that foster child or that um, that child that's going through the adoption process. Jordan and Mary Haynes, uh, we appreciate you taking time with us. Uh, we appreciate your um, your heart behind foster care and opening up your home. And uh, thanks so much for taking time with us here on the Scoop. Online. Yeah, man, thanks for having us. Thanks. We enjoyed our conversation there with Jordan and Mary Haynes. Um, we appreciate them for coming on with us, and we appreciate you for taking time to listen to the Scoop on Life. I want to let you know about uh, the ways you can listen to the show. Um, we're on Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and on YouTube. So those are the three ways you can listen in, Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and YouTube. We're also on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for The Scoop on Life. And you can keep up to date with all that we have going on with the podcast. Thanks again for taking time to listen. We'll be back next week with more of The Scoop on Life.